What's your attitude to marketing? Have you had a bad experience with marketing? Today's guest takes us through her recent research with SME businesses on this topic with some really interesting insights. Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyford, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management. And me, Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer. So if you're confused about social media or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on Let's Get Social. I've just blinked, Emer, and it only feels like yesterday and the kids are back two weeks already. That's cool. I know. I'm thinking of cracky, they'll be off and it'll be Halloween, then it'll be Christmas and it'll feel like they're not in school at all. <laughs> We're not talking about Christmas. Holy no, moly. No, Come no, on, no. Amy. Although, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, I'm sure that we'll start seeing pumpkins up fairly soon for Halloween and then it'll be straight into Christmas trees. So, And Christmas crackers, but we won't go there. Yeah, um, <clears throat> well, anyway, I know with them all back and then there's the homework do you know what? They keep asking me to help with answers. I keep sneaking off and asking Alexa. Um, and she's probably kind of going, why is she asking me? But anyway, um, actually talking to questions. And I do from time to time question myself, especially on the show. Um, do you remember last week the topic came up of giving me a special spot, maybe even a title? Do you? You're probably going to go now. I don't know um, if you remember. Ah, well, as everyone knows, you have a slot called the Digital Giggle. It's and the for great a, slot. Yeah. And I haven't had any slot. I'm here two years and nothing. The backbone of the show. So I suppose we need to be promoting you, don't we? Uh, so anyway, thank goodness we had Jay Bear with us. And he came up with an idea of Emer's experiences. And I like that. And I can feel I'm going to give you a run for your money now, Mr. Teufert. Right. And say welcome to... Emers, experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Do you like that? I like it. Yeah. yeah. Tips and questions and even the odd quiz. There you go. So more questions digging in to my sanity and why are we doing this in the first place? Yeah, yeah well, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, now you know how I feel every week. <laughs> but anyway, so I have a question for you right. um, that people do uh, bring up from time to time. What things can I do to improve my business online? Now, as you know, that is quite a broad topic. Yes. Um, I have an observation and tip, though you'd like this one, I think. Uh, I'm a bit of a geek when it comes to Google My Business. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? We haven't talked about that yet. Maybe that's a hint. That's mm. a hint, yeah. That's one yeah. for a future show. Mm. Yeah. So as you know, when you go into a, or onto a business's Google listing, you can see various interesting things like, reviews, photos, services, phone number, websites, the list goes on. Um, but there's one thing a lot of businesses don't take advantage. And do you know what that is? But it must be questions, Emer, I would imagine. Exactly. We're on the theme of questions. So this is where the public can ask a question to the business and the business should reply. But this is the one thing I, I find that they aren't harnessing is is what they can do is you can add your own questions, such as your FAQs mm. as a business owner. So you'd add the question at yeah. the front panel and then submit it and then go in and you would go back in and answer the question. So customers and potential customers can see them on your listing and you might have just answered what they're looking for information wise and show a little bit of transparency and you're opening to answering more questions. So my suggestion is why not go give it a go? 100%. I think Google My Business is one of those um, 
some of those channels are sort of, sort of forgotten, you know, when you mm. talk Facebook, Twitter, you know, and yeah. it's, it ranks brilliantly because obviously it's Google. So, That's kind of the first thing people will see. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So, well, Emer. anyway, uh, on that very educational note, here is something that is both, as you know, enlightening and entertaining. It's that time again, Emer. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. It's the Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Red alert. Red alert. <laughs> I thought I was going to override this section, but anyway... No, no, it's a nice slipstream, you know, it's a nice segue into this. Um, but listen, I have a marketing joke today for you, Emer. Um, mm-hmm. Why do all taxi drivers make great content marketers? Uh, I haven't a clue. They can really drive in traffic. Oh, God. Where did you get that one from? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think blew off a cliff with that one. I think. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully you haven't driven our guest away this week um, yeah. with your digital giggle. Mm-hmm. Anyway, as ever, all I have to say is if you find today's joke anyway engaging and would love more of them, Hong yes, Kong. You would. Yes, you are in luck. You can catch Philip's previous jokes and indeed our other shows by hopping onto the Let's Get Social podcast on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and of course, the Dublin South FM website. So as I always say, speed through the first three minutes and you'll be grand. <laughs> definitely do not get your foot on the brake and <laughs> lap up those jokes. But down to the serious part of the show, ladies uh, and gentlemen, down to the serious part. Today we are joined by a real expert when it comes to marketing strategies and systems. Charlie Wyman, founder of Marketing Momentum Builder and turn your curiosity into a marketing superpower. She will help you prioritize the things that matter to help you achieve your business goals and ultimately make a plan. Leverage the assets you have at your fingertips to achieve more with less like LinkedIn. Create systems and processes that free up your time and deliver repeatable leads and sales. And that's not all. Charlie is also a business mentor and host of the Curiosity Key podcast. God, I wonder what she's doing here. She's probably thinking, why did I come here today? She was curious <laughs> as to what these clowns are doing, probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since 2017, she's been on a mission, Philip, to make marketing and sales more fun and effective for business. It's a bit like here, your here. Yeah, here, yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. And love a process that don't share the same love for sales and marketing. So if you're kind of not in that kind of frame of mind, she might change your mood towards it. So without further ado, welcome to Let's Get Social, Charlie Wyman. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Um, I was going to say, Charlie, you know, you're into strategies and, you know, processes. How do you rate our head of the digital giggle? Uh, well, I it, I thought it was great. And I like the fact that you um, sort of build on it as you go as well, which is really fun. So, uh, yeah, I think it's great. There you go. You see, you see, once again, Emer, you you are just not getting converted. <laughs> My conversion rate with you, Emer, is appalling, but with the guests, it's pretty high. So, Charlie, uh, thank you very much. I will take I will take that as being expert peer group knowledge there. But uh, oh, you strategists all together. <laughs> um, listen, Charlie. Obviously, it is great to have you on the show. And as Emer mentioned at the start, we wanted to delve into some research that you're currently undertaking. Um around a very interesting, I suppose, topic of SME attitudes towards marketing, et cetera. But I suppose we go into that. Would you tell our listeners a bit about your your background story, how you got into what you're doing now? 
Uh, well, I have a bit of a colourful background uh, because I'm not actually a trained marketer. I fell into marketing by accident and because uh, I, I studied engineering to start with. Wow. And set up my first business, which was making olive oil in Sardinia and then bringing it over into the UK to, to sell along with other Sardinian fine foods and things like that. So that was a lot of fun, but it was a very steep learning curve because mm-hmm. I think if you imagine the sort of stereotypical black and white thinking, logical engineer trying to sort of market like artisan food and drink based mm-hmm. on how exciting the growing pressing and bottling process was. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't sell very much to start with, but I think because I've always been a very naturally curious person, I started asking questions, watching what other people were doing and then starting to build that into my own business. So I never really thought of what I was doing as marketing. And I kind of grew up thinking that marketing was all an act of manipulation and salespeople were just sleazy and spammy, you know, and and all of those, those stereotypes that come between. So I wanted to work in industry. So I didn't want to become an engineer, but I didn't know what else I wanted to do. So I found myself working in public sector, working for Sport England and the NHS, doing innovation grant funding, because I've always had an interest in innovation. So I've kind of always sort of flitted between things based on what I'm interested in and the questions that I've asked. Um, And then in 2011, uh, one of the project managers that I was working with basically came up to me and said, you know what, your, your job at the NHS is, um, you know, it, it it will end at some point, which everybody knew. And uh, you should go and talk to my husband about working for his company. It's an engineering firm that sold laser scanning technology to the global surveying industry. And uh, I was like, oh, sounds interesting. Got nothing to lose. Why not? Let's you know, just go and check it out. Anyway, I got the job as marketing assistant. <laughs> and <I> think, <laughs> nice one. <laughs> and I think it was one of those that I think we all know that in an SME, if you're the marketing assistant, you're not just responsible for marketing. No. You do everything that nobody else mm. wants to do. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of SMEs approach marketing with uh, that sort of attitude in that the role is kind of distributed across the team and there's no particular Mm. um, sort of dedicated role for it. Um, And also I had a lot of freedom within that role to do pretty much whatever I wanted. And I think I saw lots of different opportunities in sales, in operations, in finance to kind of start making improvements. And I think I just get that from my engineering background because I'm like, right, well, why settle for average when you can make something spectacular? Um, And yeah, I was there for six years. I was doing quite a lot of director development programs and commercial training and sort of led the sales team there because we, we didn't have a sales team per se. We used to sell through the sales engineers and they were what I would call reluctant salespeople. Yeah. Um, and then I think that, that sort of job came to an end and I, I got, <laughs> those, it was always really funny because I, somebody in on LinkedIn put a note saying, oh, we're looking for a, uh, a hot marketer that will, uh, really make telemedicine sexy and sell it to the commercial shipping industry. Does anybody know anybody? And I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. <laughs> hey, I'm a hot marketer. I'm sexy. I'm curious. I'm applying. <laughs> I was going to say, Charlie, will you give him a job? Will you? <laughs> I think it was one of those, like when I say hot marketer, insert a word before hot, uh, that I probably don't want to say on a podcast. Mm. Yeah. 
Um, and uh, anyway, I was curious. And the job spec, I met, abs- I think I met two points on that job spec in terms of experience and box ticking and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was like, you know what? I could do this job just because I don't meet the specifications. It yeah. doesn't matter. So I'll just apply anyway. Anyway, I got the job and that was a lot of fun. Uh, got involved in uh, selling and marketing telemedicine solutions to the shipping industry, getting involved in drone surveying whilst I was there as well. Um wow. And, uh, and then I think I, I just had a bit of an epiphany one day and I was like, you know what, this, this is a lot of fun, but there are so many businesses that are what I would say the best kept secret in their industry that are innovating. They're doing amazing work, amazing things, and just nobody knows about them. So why don't I, uh, set up on my own? So if I work for myself, I can help more people and create a bigger impact. And yeah, that was, uh, just over four years ago. That is some story, you know what I mean? From (laughs) pressing, pressing your olives. Yeah. <laughs> impressing to impressing other people. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, as I say, marketing is a broad topic, you know, and I think a lot of people kind of will struggle, you know, going where, where do I go? What do I start with? Blah, blah, blah. You know, maybe because of the resource issue um, from your survey, what do you find in the answers people are telling you, would you say? Uh, well, I'm finding it really interesting because the majority of people I've spoken to across the last four years don't have a marketing plan. But so far in the survey, because it's so it's not finished yet, I haven't properly mm. analyzed the results. Um, but so far, the majority, so 60% of respondents have said that they do have a marketing plan. Um, okay. But in, interestingly, uh, the majority are also saying that they need to spend more time on marketing as well. So yeah, that, I'd agree. I yeah, would agree. That's shining through. Mm. And I think the reason why I wanted to do this survey was that obviously, you know, there's a limited number of businesses that I've spoken to in my career and especially in the last four years. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people in the industry that make these bold statements saying, oh, this is the situation. This is what's going on. So this is what you should be doing. But there's no evidence behind that. And I was like, you know what? I could put together a really interesting survey and put a different spin on it because my belief, and I've always had this belief, is that it's uh, it's an attitude thing. And all of the successes that I've had in my sales and marketing career in the past has been a result of being curious, being open to opportunity, mm-hmm. being um, proactive and just, you know, being quite positive. And it wasn't just me. It was also in the business owners that I worked for. So I was like, right, okay, cool. Let's have a look and see what is the attitude and try and look at behaviors and perceptions and dive a little bit deeper into that and see what data that we can collect. Uh, Because I think as well, marketing strategy and a marketing plan Mm is only really as good as the data that it's been informed by. And you can get completely swept up by data, but a lot of people, um, and again, this is based on my own experience and the conversations that I've had, make decisions without really thinking about what the data is telling them. So they're not making informed decisions. They're making impulsive decisions or they're making decisions based on what somebody else has said with no context. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been an interesting process so far. So I'm really excited to really analyze the results and, and get into the nitty gritty of it all. I have to say, I think surveys are great because people like answering questions. Um, they like to sort of, you know, and especially if it's an anonymous survey, then they're more likely to be honest. Um, 
Well, well, that's it, very much so. I think a lot of businesses sometimes kind of, even though they feel they know they should be doing something, like, for example, put more investment in mm. marketing or, mm. but to put their name to it, they may feel that they might look bad in front of peers, et cetera. Whereas mm-hmm. if it's sort of anonymized, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, like I suppose, Charlie, you know, just based in your own working experience and obviously as you've started to delve into with your own survey, et cetera, are, are you finding that that element of from the SME business sector that, yes, there's a sort of a, a lack of planning around marketing, but that's also bolstered by the fact that the knowledge of how to maybe create a marketing plan and, and create a strategy is just not there. Is there a correlation, do you think, between it? Or could you foresee that that we don't have a plan because we just don't know how to do one as such? I think I've run a, uh, a sort of more of an informal research survey on what is stopping you creating a marketing plan before. And the overwhelming response that came back from that was, I just don't know where to start. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I don't think it was more, I don't know what goes into a plan or how to create one. It was just more like, it's just too overwhelming to even think about that. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's not just about making the plan it's about actually committing to the plan Mm. making a plan that's simple enough to get everybody that's involved on board with it and to actually start building that momentum uh that's why like i really hate i don't like the word marketing coach but essentially that's kind of a lot of what i do Mm -hmm. um but it's all about building momentum because a plan is only as good as the actions that come from it and you have to execute the plan in order to get results from it. So there's no good just creating a plan and having it sitting on a shelf and gathering dust. Yeah, It does need to be simple. And a lot of the marketers and marketing agencies I've personally worked with in the past have vastly overcomplicated it. Yeah. So keep it simple. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's that I, I talk about marketing, avoiding marketing injuries a lot because uh, I come from a sports background. So, um, Ema, when you talk about a fit social media and, you know, <laughs> personal training of social media, yeah, I am 100% yeah. on board with that. And I think, you know, I, I talk about, you know, creating a plan for your marketing as if you were training for a marathon or you were going to do a mountain, you know, climb a mountain summit. Yeah. Because, you know, you wouldn't just think, all right, well, I need to launch a new product or service. So I'm going to wait until I finish the product and then just put it out there. Or, you know, I'm going to just wait until my pipeline dries up and then take marketing seriously. It, it does need to be like the lifeblood of your business. You do need to take it seriously. Yeah. But it is a bit like you, you need to, the hard work is always at the start where you're building those foundations, you're mm. implementing the plan, you know, you, you're going through that uncomfortable stage of doing the things that are a bit alien to you to start with. But mm. once that ball's rolling, it's really easy to keep pushing it faster and faster. Um, yeah. You know, a bit like if you're training in the gym, you know, you want to go and you want to get you want to get fitter, you want to get faster, you want to get stronger, you want to get healthier. Mm-hmm. Um, and you ramp up the intensity depending on what event or challenge or, you know, uh, competition that you're working towards. And it's it's a bit like that in business, really. Mm. Uh, so I, I just think it, it just needs a bit of a shift in mindset. And I think a lot of marketing agencies, in my mind, need to stop overcomplicating it because it really isn't that difficult. <laughs> I'd say it's more difficult if you're a one man band and you're trying to do, say, I don't know, um, say you, yeah, say you have a cake shop, Philip, right? And um, <laughs> sorry, Charlie, about this. Uh, Emer on most shows has a reference to baking, even though she can't <laughs> bake. <laughs> 
But hey. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, I, I, I love baking. So I think uh, Emma and I will get along very, very well. Talk about sports. All right. The girls keep it together. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah. went off on your bike there, Philip. You know? I think I will, um, actually. <laughs> actually, that's a bit like what you were saying there. And I was going to ask you, Philip. Do you know when you're like you're you're into your cycling every day? Yes. Which I think is madness. But anyway, um, do you have a plan, Philip? Like, do you go right by the end of this month? I'm going to have done 200 kilometers. Blah blah blah. I yes, I do. Do you? I, it's kind of funny, yeah. In I will with the cycling as I would with mm. the business. I set myself goals mm-hmm. because, as you were saying, Charlie, when you keep it easy, but you give yourself a sort of a roadmap, as in. This month, I want to cycle 200 kilometers in total. Mm-hmm. Um, not only does that give me something to aim for, but when I achieve it, just as you would in business where you achieve mm. a certain growth rate or you mm-hmm. X amount of clients or whatever, you can see that you're positively progressing. And it doesn't take real complexity, but what it does take, and this is an interesting point, Emer, and it'd be mm. good to get both your opinion on this, would be is that I think a big problem with a lot of businesses is one, they expect instant results as in marketing social was Mm -hmm. going to suddenly increase our sales by 50%. And two, the other thing that is linked to that is that there's a lack of wanting about patience, you know, Mm -hmm. seeing awareness building right through to actual creating advocates as being a process um, Mm -hmm. and that you have to make your targets aware of your business, build the trust, show your expertise. And like you said at the start, email with Google my business and those questions, you know, mm-hmm. show that you are a professional and you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then through that point, people will come on board, you know, so, and, and that probably may come through possibly from your research when you fully analyze it, maybe uh, Charlie about that whole sort of, we just want sales, sales, sales. Um, it exactly. doesn't work like that. Yeah. So, uh, so I was going to say, um, Charlie, that's probably why having the survey that, you know, that people then actually start to question themselves and go, Do you know what, that's actually something I never thought about. Um, you know, when it comes to things like trying to build a marketing plan, um, I have to say a lot of people, as, as you were saying there, and I would agree, are, don't know where to start. What tips, say, would you give them to help create plans that would inspire their confidence with, you know, moving forward and doing a better job with their marketing? I think the main one is to keep it super simple. Like, Mm. you know, you you said before about it being harder if you're a one-man band. I would actually argue the opposite. I actually think it's easier. (laughs) It's easier if you're a one-man band uh, because you... We're talking about sports performance before. Like if you want to perform, it's not so much about doing more. It's mm. about doing the right things and doing less of what doesn't serve you. And I think in marketing, a lot of people are doing things that don't serve them because there's a lot of people out there that are telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing without mm. understanding the context of the business, the situation. Um, and I think people are kind of following advice blindly by saying, right, look, you're the expert. You've said this, I'm going to try it and see what happens. And it's, it's not gone right. So therefore nothing's going to go right. Whereas 
I think I want to try and encourage people to question more. And if you're going to ask a question, don't just say, you know, for example, like, should I start a podcast in my business? Mm -hmm. It's that like, right. Okay. Well, actually how much time have you got? Who's your audience? Um, what would you talk about on that podcast? Mm -hmm. Uh, what is your end objective for doing that podcast? So when you're asking the question, you're giving the experts more context and information to give you a better, um, piece of advice or to come back with more questions and things. Um, and I think a lot of marketing groups are really bad for that. Like not to sound too negative because, you know, everybody's an overnight expert these days and everybody just wants to jump in and help you. It's not, not through, you know, they've got good intentions, but again, it's that like, it's, there's no context in it. So as business owners and as even sort of marketers, we need to start asking more questions about what is the end goal here? And is that marketing tactic or that marketing strategy going to help us with our overall business goals? So I have a framework that uh, is called Otter. I talk about otters all the time. And I, I designed this framework based on mainly my own experience because I was like, right, why do things keep failing? Uh, why do I keep feeling cheated when I work with a freelancer or an agency? Uh, why have I lost money on this particular campaign? Why has this not worked? What has worked really well? And how can I create a plan so that whenever I run a future campaign or look at my marketing strategy, I have a bit of a framework that I can use. So the O stands for objectives because that's always the first starting point. Mm -hmm. And I think if you know where you want to go, you can then reverse engineer it and say, right, okay, what are the things that I really need to focus on to help me get there? And what can I say no to? That's yep. actually quite good because yeah, totally agree, yeah. more times than not, if you keep saying yes to everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I had a, I had a client uh, that I spoke to yesterday, he rang me up and he's just like, look, can I, can I have a quick chat with you about this um, opportunity? He's like, I've got an opportunity to tender for a project that's like 10, 15,000 pound piece of business. And he's like, I don't really want to pass up this piece of business. So um, I was like, right, okay, well, you've, you've got a plan. So what are you going to have to say no to in order to say yes to doing this tender? Mm -hmm. um, and we were just working through the process. And the end outcome was that it didn't help him achieve his overall business objective. So that tender wasn't actually something that was going to, to help him. Um, wow, and it would have been a big distraction. And I think it is that like just trying to get into that frame of mind that everything you say yes to means you have to say no to something else. So I'm going to have to just say no to Philip all the time then when it comes to the <laughs> Please let me tell that joke, Emer, please. No. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. You and Otter. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the T stand for, Charlie? Um, so the T, the first T is tools. And um, like the thing I love about otters is that they're the only animal that's actually known to use tools. Like they hide little stones in their pockets and use Ooh. them to open food. Um, so again, I think when people make mistakes and they get frustrated, it's generally because they're using marketing tools that again, aren't serving them or they're using the wrong tool for, for what they need. So once you know what your objectives are, you can be very strategic about which tools are going to help you achieve those objectives. You can be mm. very clear about what to say yes to, what to say no to, mm -hmm. but also be really resourceful by thinking, right, okay, what do I actually have at my like disposal right now, instead of thinking, okay, what do I need to spend more money on? Who else do I need to bring in to help me with this? Yeah. Because more often than not, we're all sitting on a mountain of value already. You know, mm -hmm. we all more often than not, we all have what we need. 
yeah. right now. You know, sometimes it just might need optimizing a little bit or changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, the optimization piece is the is the real big focus. So it's like just really taking a helicopter view and just thinking, right, where am I going and what do I need to get there? Um, you know, it's a bit like, uh, you know, Philip, you're talking about cycling. I'm a big cyclist as well, especially now because I can't, my background is rowing and Olympic weightlifting. I can't do those sports at the moment. So right. wow. my, my uh, bike there you go, Philip, she's going to be a run knew, for your money. I knew, I knew we had a symbiotic <laughs> relationship already. I just sensed you were a cyclist, do you know? I know. Uh, and it's that like, right, okay, if you want to start racing on the track, you need a special bike to race on the track. Yeah. You know, you're not going to take your Brompton cycle and, and start doing that. So it's about having the right tools uh, for the trade and, and understanding, mm-hmm. you know, are you going for performance? Or are you just trying to keep things ticking over? Yeah. Um, because again, it's an intensity thing. Marketing is an intensity thing. Mm-hmm. The smaller businesses, sometimes they don't need to be running constant campaigns all the time and investing heavily in marketing. Mm-hmm. But if you want to avoid that feast or famine approach, you need to make sure that you have a, a consistent minimum visibility in your market so that you're constantly putting things out to keep that presence so that you're not having to stop and start. Hmm. You know, it's just like with, with sports, you would never say, right, okay, I'm going to do the Everest Base Camp track, or I'm going to enter a cycling race, or I'm going to run a marathon if you haven't run, cycled or hiked in the last three months. You know, you'd need a baseline fitness in order to start ramping it up and and working towards that. So, um, so yeah, so then that kind of leads me on to the second T, which is training. And it's once you know what your objectives are and then you know what tools you need to get there, then it's like, right, okay, well, actually, am I the right person to be using the tools or do I need to outsource them to somebody else? Do I need a bit of refresher training? You know, where are the gaps in my knowledge, skills and experience? And also with marketing, especially if the business owner is doing the marketing and it's not somebody trained in marketing, like where are the gaps in your confidence because then it's like, right, okay, you can work with a coach, you know, you could get a friend to help you. You can like look at how you can overcome those blocks and those barriers because confidence, especially for small business owners is one of the biggest barriers because you might have the best plan in the world. But if your plan says that you need to be showing up on video every week, but you have no confidence to show up on video every week, there's no way in hell that you're going to be doing that. I would agree because I am the nervous video gal as Philip knows. Um, but at the, that's why I was saying, I think it's sometimes harder for the one man band because they're trying to juggle everything else. And they're, as you say, I like the otter process that you're, you're, you're sharing with us. Um, you know, where they might think, you know, uh, I haven't a clue about, apart from doing the odd posts on Facebook, you know, what else mm. I should be doing. Maybe I do, as you say, maybe you need to outsource the ads uh, to somebody who's a specialist or, get training in that so that you actually are more confident using the platform. Yeah, definitely. But I think as well, it's it's acknowledging the fact that there are literally thousands of different ways you can market your business. And some ways may work for somebody else, but they're not going to work for you. Other yeah. ways, um, you might just need to adapt it slightly. So best example I can give on this one is that, you know, if you want your website to rank highly and you know that your audience is regularly typing things into Google that will direct them to your website, mm-hmm. You, you need to be blogging. You need to be putting content on your website to help with uh, search rankings on Google and yeah. to make sure you're coming up on page one of, of Google. Mm-hmm. Now, if you hate writing, <laughs> which I used to very much hate writing, um, that's not the only way that you can create blogs. 
you know, you can dictate a blog into your phone. And I mean, it's not my software. It just, you know, coincidentally has the same name, but I use the otter.ai app um, and just dictate blogs into my phone. And then I get my virtual assistant to, um, to check, check it through, send it to a copy editor who then just checks it for spelling and grammar. Um, and then it goes on my website. You know, that's, that's, ha- that's kind of handy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's, it's really just thinking and, and actually, I mean, this is why I think having a coach is really important because you want somebody that will challenge these assumptions that we all have mm-hmm. um, to say, right, okay, well, actually you might say, right, somebody's told me that I need to be doing a video on LinkedIn every week, um, but I hate going on video. So, you know, three months, six months, a year may go past and you'd just be beating yourself up because you're not implementing your plan because you hate mm-hmm. going on video. Mm-hmm. But that's not the only way to be visible in your, your market. You know, if you hate going on video, you could interview other people. You could um, speak behind presentation slides. You know, there's lots of different ways that you can do it. Uh, it's just about exploring the options, but making sure that you're always doing it so that it helps you achieve your objectives and you don't get distracted by other shiny objects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Mm. Especially, I think, for people that maybe uh, depend also in your industry, you know, your your audience may not have time to watch videos. They might be happier listening to, uh, as you say. Go and stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, again, that's probably where a survey would come in handy, wouldn't it? It would. Mm. Um, As we're progressing through this great system, uh, Otter, uh, Charlie, uh, we're on E, I think. Yes. Um, so E, uh, this ties in nicely to what you just said uh, then. So E is expectations. Now, after O, um, objectives, expectations is the second biggest reason that marketing injuries happen. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just because either you are not aligning your your own expectations with yourself um, or you haven't aligned expectations of everybody that is involved in working towards those objectives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I talk about uh, expectations is to think about um, money. Obviously, that's always the big one. But also, how long is it going to take? How much time are you going to commit to this process? Um, how much time is everybody else involved going to commit? Um, and also, energy. So if you say, right, okay, I'm going to do video. I hate doing video, but I really want to work on that. Mm-hmm. That's going to sap your energy. Mm-hmm. So you need to allocate time outside of that because recording a five minute video, let's let, you know, I, I'm not a big confident video person. Um, mm. it, it takes longer than five minutes. So you just need to be realistic mm. with, uh, with yourself, with those things. Um, but yeah, the expectations piece is really, really important, especially if you're working with other people because mm. they need to know what you're expecting of them, especially if you're paying them to do something, but yeah, also yeah. you need to know what they're expecting of you. Yeah, that's very that, true. That's actually can get miscommunication. Yeah. And communication is like the the breakdown of of everything, really. So um, I think I've included it in Otter because it's just like if you just take a step back and you Mm -hmm. look at your overall plan and you start asking yourself, right, okay, well, actually, um, you know what, this campaign or these objectives are going to take me a day a week at least. Mm -hmm. And I need to take on new clients and I need to do this and I need to do this. It's like, is that realistic or do you need to change your objective and park it for another time? Or do you just need to be a bit more realistic about what results are tied to that objective? Yeah. And actually, what are the core main things to consider first? And then, you know, once you get those ticked off, the other things 
you might have time for, but if not, then you would outsource them as you say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause if you're um, doing it all yourself and you don't have a dedicated marketing team, then mm-hmm. uh, you, you don't want to be doing tasks that, you know, that somebody else could do, you yeah. know, there are lots of uh, virtual assistants out there that can help you. And I mean, I uh, realized the the value of virtual assistants, like when I was working as a head of marketing, mm-hmm. I had two open roles in my team that I needed to recruit for. I was really struggling to recruit for them. And my boss at the time said to me, it's just like, get a virtual assistant to help you. And I was like, oh, I just thought virtual assistants were people for business owners and and things. So it's just like, well, you're a leader in this company. So you need some help. I don't want you spending your time doing like admin tasks, which was such a fair point because I was getting really overwhelmed and really stressed. I, yeah. And, and I end up getting nothing else done. That's more, you know, you might think mm-hmm. I'll get all these little things out of the way and I'll go and focus on, you yeah. know, it's a bit like years ago when you were doing your homework. I'll yeah. do all the fun stuff and then I'll go and yeah. have to do it. It's a bit like, uh, you know, you'll have no, to do trigonometry. it. trigonometry. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> but actually, a, a friend of uh, mine who's a business coach, he said to me, this is, a, and I always stick to my head, does it add to the business or does it take away? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, is that something that only you can do? And I think if you're a business owner, you really do need to be strict with how you're spending your time and just asking yourself, right, is that something that only you can be doing or can you delegate that or outsource that to somebody else? Um, so, you know, a virtual assistant is a really, really useful uh, resource. Not even so. I mean, you could hire a marketing apprentice or you could get an intern. There's right. lots mm-hmm. of resources out there. Yeah. Um, like it is, it is a big issue, I think, for a lot of time. business owners and leaders or company mm. directors or managers is that art of delegation. I can only do this job the best way. I can't mm-hmm. give it to someone else, you know, but ultimately mm-hmm. that is a sort of a, um, a self-defeating, self-destructive. Yes, I agree strategy because uh one that individual doesn't grow because they don't get delegated to and you get swamped and you can't grow and move on um mm-hmm. um round off otter there <laughs> for us with did you know, did there anymore? yeah, round yeah. Off, sorry, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like everybody hanging off the edge of the seat what's the r what's the oh, r, what's the r? <laughs> yeah. is it rest recovery after after all this strategizing <laughs> i know uh well actually it's um it, it's a little bit of that it's uh review and reflect so ah, making yeah. sure that you're you're taking the time out to actually look at what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. Is it working? What's working well? What's not working? Where can you improve? What can mm-hmm. you say no to? Um, but also like really scheduling time in your diary to do that. Uh, I've been victim of this in the past where you just end up being busy, being busy. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, oh, I don't have time to do this. I don't have time. We all have time. It's just that we're not prioritizing our time on the things that are the most mm-hmm. important. So when I work with clients, I always work with them on 12 week marketing plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we always look at the long-term goals of the business, the medium-term goals, but then we break it down into a 12-week plan. And the reason why I do that is because 12 weeks is a really nice amount of time to build some solid momentum mm. um, whilst seeing the end in mind. Like if you know what you're working towards and you can see that, it helps you move towards it in a much more positive, proactive way. Mm. And also it's a short enough period of time that if something isn't working, you can nip it in the bud before you kind of end up down a rabbit hole. Um, I had a client that was completely traumatized by marketing because he used to believe that marketing was advertising Mm -hmm. and, uh, he had, he worked with an agency, spent 9,000 pounds in a year on Google AdWords Mm -hmm. and got nothing, like not even a pipeline of leads that he can nurture. Yeah. 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 
So yes, 12 week plans, making sure that you've got that time to review and reflect Mm. so you can keep moving forwards. Uh, and, And again, it's like that sports analogy. I went to have a bike fit a few weeks ago because I know that I am not getting the most out of my bike. Like I'm putting the power through, but it's going places that, you know, isn't where it should do. So as it turns out, I actually need need to get a new bike, which uh, is fun because my frame size is too big. Um, But it's, you know, it's just like looking at like little things. So more often than not, you don't need a brand new frame or you don't need a new piece of equipment. Sometimes it's just, all right, you can move your foot in a slightly different position or you can change how you pedal because then you're going to put more power through the bike and you're going to get more speed out of it. It's the same with marketing. You know, you can change a headline on a landing page and get like, way more conversions and leads off the back of it. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of small business owners are like, it's not working. I need to do something completely new. It's like, yeah. uh, no. <laughs> it's, all, it's all about the, um, I suppose, testing really, you know, yeah. kind of doing the A-B tests and maybe mm-hmm. video might work. Maybe it's, you know, like you said, Charlie, maybe it's the the headline yeah. or maybe it's a different <laughs> medium completely, you know. Mm. And that's a nice segue into this point, Charlie, just based on your experience with, with your clients, um, and what you're seeing in business. Something that myself and Emer kind of feel that businesses do struggle with, because we would struggle with it ourselves, I suppose, and I'm sure you have your own challenges, is marketing, social media, digital. Mm-hmm. It is moving at a rapid pace, like like literally day by day, there is something new happening, et cetera. Like, do you find that, say, businesses, the SMEs, um, is that a struggle to afford them to keep up with the rapid pace of change? Or is it a case of that, you know, once you bed down, using an approach like Otter and you dial in and keep reviewing that by keeping connected, you can keep up with that rapid pace of change because you're only focusing on what's really relevant for your business. So I have a slightly unpopular opinion on that. <laughs> Great. We like the- unpopular sometimes. Well, my jokes are unpopular, Charlie. So we're definitely. It's all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my slightly unpopular opinion on that is that it's just a shiny object. You know, yeah. digital marketing, social media, TikTok, Snapchat, all of these things, reels, everything that's coming through. You know, lots of people get very excited about them, especially marketers, because that's what we do. We obviously love it because we're in it every day. And this Mm -hmm. is the sort of thing that we find exciting. But, you know, an engineering company isn't going to find that sort of thing exciting. Mm -hmm. But if you've got a load of people around you telling you that you should be on this platform, you should be doing this, you should be looking into the updates of this, this and this, Mm -hmm. it is going to be overwhelming. And you do start questioning yourself thinking, oh, well, maybe I should be here, there and everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking from personal experience here you know, cause I, I, I didn't train in marketing. So I felt all of these things before. So mm. I really do understand when my clients come to me and they're just like, I'm really overwhelmed with this because I've felt it. I've been through that painful process myself. Mm. And I think for me, that's why I, I think it's easier for a smaller business because you can be really strict and say, right, actually, well, what am I working towards? Do I really need to be on all of these different social media platforms? Or can I just focus on one primary social media platform or one primary digital marketing tactic and then just have a secondary one that, you know, that keeps it, it coming through? Because my view is you make something work, make it work really well and then build on it, but don't try to make lots of different things work well at the same time. It's a bit like trying to catch two rabbits at the same time. You're just going to be running around in circles, getting frustrated. Whereas if you try and catch one rabbit and then move on to the second, you're going to have a much greater level of success. 
Yeah, no, I think that's sound advice. I think, you know, that would be what myself and Emer would always mm-hmm. preach is, you know, kind of, you know, focus on one, maybe max two and yeah. be clear on that, you know, no point. Again, it's all down to where, you know, are you B2C or B2B, you know? Um, and yeah. all, like, where where are your customers and what do they respond to? I mean, my yeah. uh, my business, like, I mainly serve the B2B market because mm-hmm. I feel like people like even one man band businesses or small SMEs that are targeting business and organizations mm-hmm. seem to get completely left out because you've got all of these marketing groups and books and podcasts and people that are talking about marketing, but it's like, they are getting excited about all these social media tools. And it's like, well, do they, do they need to? It's like TikTok, for example, you know, unless you're a massive corporate that has budget allocated to dabble with these new tools and just mm-hmm. sort of like run with it and see where it goes. You know, as a small business owner, that's your money. Um, and, you know, if you're being realistic with yourself, do you have money to lose on a test or a whim? And do you have marketing that's working in the background that allows you that flexibility? Yep. I would agree because, yeah. you know, people, as you, was it a couple of months back, Philip, you, one of your clients was saying to you, oh, I'm going to give this a go, blah, blah, blah. And you're going, no, because the audience that you have knowing looking at the demographics and looking at the insights on the other channels that they're on wouldn't be a fit yeah yeah it was um it, it was exactly that there was a sort of a perception that this particular channel was oh yeah that's where the audience is but mm. it was actually um a different channel that was never considered that was actually driving traffic to the website and once again it was just exactly you're saying charlie just kind of looking at your insights and seeing what's working because ultimately, you know, there's no point being on a channel if your audience isn't there. No one's going to be listening or wanting to talk to you. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it's like using using your data and your intuition because, you know, you, you don't start a business because you just think, all right, I'm just going to give it a whirl. You start a business because you've identified a problem in the industry or in the market and you've got a solution mm. to you know, solve that. So the more you can understand how your target audience behaves, the more effective your marketing is going to be. And I think, you know, is that what you said right at the start about, you know, sales led organization, you have to have a focus on sales because if you don't have a focus on sales, you haven't got a business. Um, Mm. So it's understanding what type of business you want to start with? Like, do you want a business that gives you the lifestyle that that you want? Do you want to build a small team? Um, and, you know, again, it's coming back to those objectives, like, you know, what type of revenue goals do you have? Um, or, do, you know, are you looking at like really making a dent in the industry? Are you looking at, uh, you know, going global? Are you looking at expanding and selling it and doing all these different things? Because your approach to marketing is going to differ based on the type of business that you want, but you do need sales and the information that you get from your customers creates the most amazing marketing because it's targeted, it's relevant, it hits the mark. You're removing any assumptions and guessing. So I'm very much of the opinion that you always start with sales, get those first sales in, and then yeah. um, like influence the marketing based on what your customers are telling you. But also making sure that you are listening to your customers because your customers are the ones that are going to tell you where, you know, if you do need to change and and go to a different social media platform or use a different digital marketing tactic or or Mm. try something else that should come from your customers or listening to them at the very least. I had to say, Charlie, listening to you today, like, you know, it just shows you the power of a survey 
and asking the questions that maybe you're not happy about asking because you're probably fearful of the feedback. But again, you're never going to know what your customer's thinking unless you ask those questions. Um, with doing the service and research, especially with customers, is very important because I think people shy away sometimes going, oh, I don't want to know. But really, you're never going to know why your customers, you say, Philip, mm. wants to work with you or yeah. wants to buy from you. Um, based on your experience so far from your study, what tips would you give business owners on how to create a very engaging and responsive survey? Is it like, do you like me? <laughs> do you like <laughs> Please, for the love of God, like me. <laughs> you know, what, what would you say um, would get people off the starting block? You know, well, I would actually just say apply Otter. So if you just think, all right, I want to run a survey, then run it through Otter. So what, what do you want to achieve by running the survey? Mm. Like, what's the end goal here? What are you really trying to find out? Um, yeah. And, and, and then it's like, right, okay, well, what, what survey tools do you need to use? Because I, so this particular research project, I applied for funding with the University of Nottingham. Right. So I've got a PhD student working with me on this survey. We've invested a lot of time um, in it so far. And uh, we're going to be writing it up into a white paper document and I'll turn it into a keynote talk. Um, so it, Brilliant. this survey will feed my marketing for the next, 12 to 24 months. Actually, can I ask you something? Because yeah. maybe the people that are listening today, they actually maybe don't have that resource. What they could do is, could they create a survey and then repurpose that, like say into a little video, sort of give them a bit of confidence, you know, or as you would say, write a blog on it or mm-hmm. um, create social media jokes out of it. You know, is there? <laughs> we want to. We no? want to keep the leads. Uh, <laughs> drive them away. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Well, so, so this. I mean, this survey is a very time and energy intensive um, survey. So, you know, is is that what you actually need, or do you just need to sort of come up with maybe one or five really significant questions that's going to help you inform new product development, launching. Mm. Um, something that you've already got, pricing a product, um, or just like finding a little bit more, like diving a bit deeper into the problems and challenges that your market faces. Yeah. Uh, so when I started my business, um, I'm not going to lie, I quit my job on a bit of a like whim. I think I just went into work one morning and I was like, you know what? I just need to say no because I can't start a business on the side. I was too stressed and mm-hmm. I, there was there's too much going on. And I'm quite an impulsive person anyway. So I was just like, right, I'm going to quit. I'll figure it out. Uh, I've got no money and a mortgage to pay, but it'll be fine. I'll, I'll make a plan. Um And I did go through like probably for about like a year and a half. So I worked with lots of different clients doing slightly different things. And I, I really wanted to help people get more return on investment from trade shows and events, because that's what I'd done for the last 15 years. It's a big Mm. part of my role. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I see so many business owners and marketing teams and sales teams get frustrated because they can't demonstrate a return on investment. They can't communicate with the customers and they just get, annoyed because they're not getting what they want from the event. Mm. And I developed this, this system and this process for an event. And I was like, I want to teach this to people because it'll be really useful for them. And they'll make loads more money as a result and have a much better quality of uh, time when they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my survey was five questions and I literally did it by going to trade shows and events and talking to business owners and the teams at those events, asking mm-hmm. them the five questions and then looking at the results when I got home. Very good. 
Um, so again, you can make it as complicated or as simple as you need it to be, but it's got to drive those objectives. So the Otter is a really useful framework just to help you understand, is this actually something that you want to use and also how to make it work for you based on the resources that Mm -hmm. you have available. Um, yeah, I was going to say, Philip, does that mean you're going to use the Otter process for your jokes now? Um, I am. Um, I'm okay. What is the objective? (laughs) Make people laugh. The tools get a better researcher for the jokes. I need training on how to deliver them uh, as well. What, um, what are your expectations? Expectations, I don't know, just to keep this gig alive. <laughs> <laughs> and are you going to review and reflect? I review and reflect after every show with the abuse you give me email over, <laughs> my, over my jokes. So, uh, <laughs> you see, guys, it does work. <laughs> so I would be putting the call out to a VA <laughs> to do the jokes for me because I can't take the stress. Um, Charlie, this has been um, this has been a super show. Um, it's been great yes. to uh, to talk to someone who is, is a, such an interesting insight as yourself. You know, who yeah. is not marketing trained, but I think to be honest, with you, anyone Brilliant. that's curious, mm. you know, and has curiosity you have pretty much what you need to be a marketer because curiosity is so key. Um, I suppose just two things. Obviously, when you have the white paper ready on your survey, do tag myself an email. Oh, God, yeah. We'd we'd love to share it out with the audience. Mm -hmm. Um, And if people would like to find out more about you and what you're doing, uh, how can they get in contact? Uh, so I have a shiny new website, very excited Super. about it. So curiousb2bmarketing.com. Uh, I hang out the majority of the time on LinkedIn. So you find me on LinkedIn, just search Charlie Wyman. Mm-hmm. Um, and Twitter. Twitter is my secondary platform. Uh, I think Twitter was like my first love, but, you know, LinkedIn kind of overtook it. Um, so, yeah, Twitter or um, or LinkedIn for me. Uh, kind yeah. Of- my website you can also check out my podcast the curiosity key um and uh yeah i've if you contact me on linkedin the one thing i will say is just let me know that this is where you you came across me um send me a personalized connection request just because then i know uh, i will prioritize you (laughs) i get so much spam like people just wanting to sell things to me i'm just oh yeah yeah okay um, and I, I like to talk to my, uh, yeah, LinkedIn training is, is a big thing that I do. So I like to talk to my connections. Oh, we'll have to have you back on that one then. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah. We, could dive, we could dive, we could dive deeper into that one. So, uh, yeah, so yeah that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed today's show, you can catch it again and the other shows on the Let's Get Social Show podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South of M website. So do please download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And all that is left to say is, I've been Philip Twyford, the Curly Marketer. And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media. And we'll see you again soon for more Let's Get Social. See you then. Bye.